0: But Aaron, you don't have your license.
1: I sure don't. Am I I'm not qualified to speak on this movie?
0: Welcome back to Garbage Film. This is the show that seeks to prove that arty and trashy movies have a lot in common. You don't need to enjoy just one or the other, so we will take our movie of the week and pair it with something artier or trashier and hope that you discover an unexpected new favorite, or at the very least, are entertained. I am one of your hosts, Nick, and with me, as always, is the passenger to my driver, Aaron is here. Hello.
1: Hello. I'm the sad one. <laughs>
0: That's a little in-joke just before oh, we got Mike about how Aaron cannot drive.
1: I can drive. I'm mm. not legally permitted to do so, say. and I have none of the required documentation,
0: I Nick. Need, I need a government document to prove it. That's about where I'm at right now with this, so.
1: Well, they took mine, so. <laughs> not for reasons <laughs> to trade it in for, oh. I, how are you?
0: <laughs> I was gonna say, you seem sad about not being able to drive, which is a perfect segue into my grief. (laughs) (laughs) Our movie this week, it's rainy and sad out, so we decided to just sit for three hours with some rainy sad feelings. (laughs) Traveling to yesteryear, literally last year, for 2021's Drive My Car. Beep beep. 妻の声だ。<音楽> Beep beep, motherfucker. <laughs> Drive my car. So, uh, big awards, darling, last year. We're literally exactly one year too late with our episode on it, but <laughs> we revisited it because just figuring, like, it's getting cold out, it's getting dreary, Wanted to really lean into that feeling. Yes, I and guess. it was
1: really good, and I was like, man, I can't wait to revisit this and, like, grasp more like of the emotional depth Mm. because there's a surface level emotional depth that you're like yes i fully understand what's happening and i see the arc and okay here we go Mm. but this time oh boy it got you good fully in tears by the end yeah Yeah. don't know what happened there but boy howdy it's really good i had it i think on my best non-english language film uh oscar card for last year and yeah i think we both did quite yeah yeah i think it won best screenplay it can and like yeah, yeah this, this is
0: where I should have done some of the research at the awards. <laughs> oh no! So I was just like, it won awards.
1: People liked it very much. Very much.
0: The thing that I remember coming away with was, and literally hearing this in interviews with international directors and such, being like, "Yeah, this is going to be for Hamaguchi what happened for Bong Jun ho after Parasite, where it's oh, like, right. oh, everybody in the country of origin knows you completely. Like you're just this you're is in your their
1: breakout thing now. Yeah,
0: and now everybody else gets to know about you. Yeah. So uh, I love that. if you don't know about this movie, let me give you a little synopsis. Um, you, if you haven't seen this yet and you are probably aware it's three hours long, which seems like a quite a long drama, I know for me it's like bizarrely arresting the whole way through. Yeah. But it doesn't really come across when you look at a synopsis. It just feels like, oh, here's a like hundred minute drama. Yes. <laughs> but the fact that it can go for three hours and not feel like it's overstaying, it's welcome to me personally. Yes, I agree. That uh, is, is a big thing. So, synopsis. Two years after his wife's unexpected death, Yusuke Kafuku, a renowned stage actor and director, receives an offer to direct a production of Uncle Vanya at a theater festival in Hiroshima. There he meets Masaki Watari, a taciturn young woman assigned by the festival to chauffeur him in his beloved Red Saab 900. As the production's premiere approaches, tensions mount amongst the cast and crew, not least between Yusuke and Koshi Takatsuke, a handsome TV star who shares an unwelcome connection to Yusuke's late wife. Forced to confront painful truths raised from his past, Yusuke begins with the help of his driver to face the haunting mysteries his wife left behind. And, like, I read all that and I'm like, oh, yeah, that doesn't describe the movie. Like, to me. (laughs)
1: Yeah, no, right, not exactly. <laughs> it's just
0: when I think about this movie, it is a big cloud. I've used this like imagery a lot of the times on this pod when I can't think of how to like articulate down stuff, but it is just like a big cloud of of grief, sadness without being like overwrought, which I feel like that's the Japanese yes. three hour special. Anytime I think of a three hour totally. Japanese movie
1: <laughs> You're not gonna get a lot of like overacting for sure, Mm-mm. but you are gonna get feeling yes
0: you are (laughs) yeah
1: i mean that's i mean technically yes that is correct that is the synopsis but it feels like it's so much what cracks me up and i always forget this happens is that the entirety of the relationship with the wife and Mm -hmm. like their kind of frictions and their life is we see it all in like a 40 minute cold open essentially (laughs) And then the title card drops like after her funeral, essentially. Like yep. it's, you know, once you're like, okay, and this is the next step of the life is mm-hmm. this was all set up to the life afterwards. Mm-hmm. So it's not about the death. It's not about the, you know, the interpersonal dynamics of when she was alive. It's yeah. I mean, it is, but it's, yeah. it's it's what happens after that. That's what the movie is.
0: Yeah, like if <laughs> I feel like if it started at the title open and you like explore the fact that he has a passed away wife and child, that it then it's like oh, this is a movie that's just fridging the movie. Yes. <laughs> uh, whereas this is like here is the crucial context of a life, and then the movie that the 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 that's not like the quote point end quote of the movie. It's sure. what follows knowing that context. Yeah, which is big. Um, which is a perfect lead-in just to be some uh, little credits here is directed by, as I said, Reisuke Hamaguchi, screenplay by him and Takamasa Oi, and it's based on a Haruki Murakami story, Drive My Car. Have you read any Murakami? I have not.
1: No, I haven't, but uh, he's big.
0: Yeah, big guy. Yeah. Uh, it's a short story that's just about 40 pages long, which is hilarious when you consider this, Amazing. but the reason for the disparity in length is there are things like The story is effectively, as written, is just conversations in a car. Nothing else. Mm -hmm. None of the theater stuff, none of, like, Takatsuke's character I don't think exists in the story. Okay. Uh, The wife is only mentioned in conversation, and that's it. So, like, literally uh, everything written out based on, like, here's how the story, like, Hamaguchi's idea was, here's how the story made me feel. Now let's expand that out so that the audience watching can feel it and not feel just, like, lost and two people talking in a car
1: yeah it doesn't have to rely on the stuff you can only do in a novel yeah i love that those are my favorite adaptations is when the director's like here's how it made me feel i will mm-hmm. recreate that feeling not necessarily that plot or yeah.
0: dialogue or whatever and he pulled in this the the drive my car story is part of a, a murakami collection called men without women and there's another two stories called jaharizad and kino that he drew elements from so oh, okay. it's kind of like a mashup of stuff oh, okay yeah is very neat. I like that. And like, I haven't read any Murakami, but anytime I've heard anybody talk about him, it's this exact feeling. It's just just this like uh, melancholic but like beautiful kind of sure. thing. And I'm always like, how would you go about translating that? And then mm. you make a movie about translating. And yeah. <laughs> so this is starring Hitotose Nishijima, who the only th- other thing I know him from. Do you, did you recognize him? We've seen him in another, in another thing.
1: Have we? No. We've
0: seen him in Kiyoshi Kurosawa's Creepy. He's the lead of that movie.
1: Oh, that's right. Which right.
0: he's like unrecognizable in this to me, which is weird considering he looks exactly the same.
1: <laughs> oh, I was going to say. I mean, Creepy is from like 2003 or something, right? No,
0: it's from like 2017 or twenty sixteen. Shut
1: so, up. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So like
0: literally they started filming this movie in 2019, <laughs> I think. So like it is. <laughs> that's so weird. Okay. Hilariously close, I'm like, oh, that's a different he, guy. He's
1: the dad in Creepy. He's like the, the
0: the main character. Yeah, the main protagonist of Creepy. Okay,
1: all right. Yeah. Which, Weird.
0: Yeah, you look at screenshots next to them, and you're like, oh yeah, that's exactly the same person. But it's one of those like, oh, acting. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> he might to have like control of his face or something. Um, Who the But fuck? literally, he's like a Kurosawa, Kiyoshi Kurosawa. He's like one of his mainstays. Mm. And Hemaguchi was a mentor mentee of kurosawa oh, yes, so he good. was always like oh the nishijima is really good i want him to be the least. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I
1: wonder if i can poach him and he got him it's very cute
0: yeah because he's just going on about how like oh yeah he has a really haunted face <laughs> just...
1: <laughs> that's what you want to hear really from yeah. from everybody's like you look troubled <laughs> <laughs> thank you
0: no this is the happiest i've ever been whatever you
1: mean <laughs> <laughs> creepy maybe not a good snapshot <laughs> of yeah.
0: the movie's just called creepy it's so funny to me <laughs> Uh, we've got uh, toko miura as uh watari our driver hilarious thing you and miura have something very much in common don't have your driver's licenses
1: <laughs> oh she, for real in real life
0: she hadn't driven until she got cast in this movie which oh, is God. very funny
1: okay well now i'm having like ear screaming anxiety <laughs> on her behalf <laughs> so she did she do her own driving though yeah. Like the, yeah, yeah. oh boy. So, like, she
0: got licensed once she got cast okay. and, like, had to take driving lessons and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Okay. Yep. That's a re- <laughs> so, I mean, we just got to cast you in a three hour <laughs> drama.
1: Yes. Uh, Ryosuke Hamaguchi, I'm available on Thursday to hang out and get my driver's license and be in your movie. <laughs> that's That's incredible. Okay. Yeah. That's the best way to learn is under just, like, intense economically threatening pressure that's that's (laughs) what you want for sure good for Uh, her
0: just the most stressful conditions possible
1: just absolutely placid face Mm -hmm.
0: that's awesome we've also got reika kirishima as Oto, masaki okada as taketsuki who is real... I just feel like he's got such a doofy energy to him.
1: He's He's got... This may well be the backstory, but he's got such a, like, boy band... Like, you know, a Perfect Blue situation where, like, previously mm. a member of a pop star band and wanted to go serious and like yeah. so tried acting and now wants to break into dramas like serious dramas or, or theater yeah Abs- he's got pop
0: star hair yes Absolutely. yeah yeah 100 yeah. yeah yeah and i mean pro- probably that's probably what it probably is probably yeah. what it happened it's a big industry you've got parky rim as liyuna you've got Deon Sonia Yuan, on hwite and perry dizan rounding out the cast nice. nice international cast we've got there and uh, as I always tend to do, just shout out to Aiko Ishibashi for the music. It is a very sparing score, mm-hmm. but I absolutely love the, like, nice, placid lounge jazz stuff. And there's some, like, I was listening to the soundtrack on its own separate from the movie this week, and oh, yeah. there's a lot of, like, it's not it's not experimental, it's more, like, soundscape stuff oh, sure. that you don't really, you're not really aware of as as uh, the movie goes on. Yeah. Like, in the big prolog wife time. There's not really any music that happens, but there is a lot of, of like, synth drone and that type of thing underneath. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, yeah I don't think I would have uh, clocked it. I definitely And hadn't. I did not. Yeah. yeah.
0: It's But it's cool. It's, like, it's very, uh, like, a nice warm embrace. A nice warm, like, ah, we're sitting together for... The
1: before times. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's cool.
0: It's a very Thank cool. Thank you, Ica. Yeah, so, like, so it's the i love the magic trick that dramas can play on you where there's so much and so little that happen in this movie and we've both watched a lot of your very long runtime movies sure and i don't know about you for me this is one of the most evenly paced really attention drawing in for the entire duration movies that i i can think of like there are so many that we watch like you just feel the length at the yeah. best, like, at the best, you're just like, wow, that was a really great movie. It sure was three and a half hours long or whatever.
1: Yes. Oh, God, what is the movie? You liked this movie, and I didn't care for it as much. Um, the It's it also Japanese, but it's like a period piece one.
0: You could have to be way more it's specific. the
1: woman whose life just sucks ass. Oh,
0: Life of a Haru.
1: Oh, right, that's it. That's Where only, I was like, like two hours. <laughs> I know, but it just feels so long because it's just the same thing happening over and over. And I yeah. get that that's the point of it. I I, under, I understand the vibe. <laughs> it's just not for me. Um, but this is not that. And But it is still like for a movie that's just about grief and, and handling it and just having to live your normal life after disasters is like, you'd think that would get old quite fast. And it does yeah. not at all. Like everyone is so compelling in it and it just does it people grow over the course of it yeah you know? it's it's extremely watchable it yeah. shouldn't be but it is
0: like nobody's arc is mega telegraphed but you can see everyone starting in an unhappy place and getting to make like maybe not a happy place but just a resolved
1: place just like putting distance between them and the whatever inciting incident, yeah. I love
0: the way you put that, yeah, putting distance. Like, the fact that this movie is its length allows you to actually build out that.
1: I think so, yeah. If it was shorter, it actually would not feel, I think it'd feel longer, because it wouldn't feel earned, it wouldn't feel like things are happening. (laughs)
0: It's funny, funny, like, Hamiguchi takes the completed cut to his producer, and it's like, it's this version, this is the (laughs) one that he brings to his producer, and he gave it to him with a, like, I'm really sorry.
1: (laughs) He seems like such a polite gentleman. Mm. He's so cute.
0: Hamaguchi's <laughs> kinda known for his movies being hyper long, so that's, Oh really.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Another one. <laughs>
0: cute. So right off the top, a thing that I like, I feel like this movie is great on a first watch. It is a little amorphous though. On a rewatch, it yeah. is so like it, it benefits so much from having the full context of everything. Because yes. just like the first shot, I was just like in right away. That first shot of Oto against that's either sunrise or sunset. And yeah. it's like just the quality of light it is actually kind of hard to look at and
1: a little bit yeah it hurt
0: my eyes to to watch there are times i had to look away just like okay reset my brain like what a perfect summation of this mysterious woman that you're trying to like understand better and you're like ah every time i try and experience it it hurts
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh god yeah that's so true i didn't i didn't specifically notice the light quality but it is just like you can't you know, you can hear her voice, and that's about it. That's yeah. you know, this might as well be a memory that he's experiencing, rather than happening real time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I mean, Very you could true. you could headcanon that into be like that whole prologue is while he's driving to Hiroshima, as we catch him in the beginning. Yeah. Which, yeah. Very well, me. Sweet, drive my car headcanon. <laughs>
1: I'm writing fan fiction about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> it is so much, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the establishing shots and things are sort of like people in the middle of something or, like you said, that, that one is, is a mm. pretty great, like, it's this thing they share, like she's telling him a story. Mm. And, yeah, you can't quite see her or any details about her. There's just her outline. Yeah. And all you can get from someone is just what's happening right now it's
0: a good it's a good through line in the movie yeah i i like that a lot i I was thinking about like when this movie takes place Mm. throughout i think you only get like two dates and then the implication that it's during at the end that it's during pandemic times because everybody's wearing masks yes true so like it is that thing of like the timing does not matter like you i think the one date you see early on is like the death of their child was like in the year 2001 but it doesn't This is clearly, like, an anniversary of it. It's not, like, the actual funeral. So it's like, well...
1: How long has it been? Yeah. Yeah.
0: But it's so not important, to your point there. It is just, like, living in that present moment to see what's going on. Yeah, yeah. and they
1: give you everything that you need to know about that present moment. of Like, Mm -hmm. they're, you know, in the car on the way home after the funeral, they're talking about, like, do we want to have another child? And, like you know that's a conversation that can only happen after a certain amount of time has passed and like they've already they've clearly already kind of talked through some of it mm-hmm. and they're just like revisiting an, an older conversation and yeah, it does it, give you the sense of it.
0: It does feel like, oh, we're we're reopening an old topic. It's got that, that feeling to it somehow. Yeah. Without it actually saying it. Yeah. 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 But to you the experiencing the present time a thing that I thought was so cool. So we have this big Prologue, the the credits go, and we eventually get to auditioning in Hiroshima. And those audition scenes, I realized at the end of them, in my brain, I was like, wow, this is one really long take. No, it's so many takes. Like, all of those oh, auditions. <laughs> like, part of the reaction to like, oh, this is really obviously realistic, because it's, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that it's so masterfully edited and paced properly, and everybody is so compelling that I didn't occur to me that cuts were happening right which is such a
1: what a little magic
0: trick. i'm i sound like a moron you know <laughs> like <I didn't...
1: laughs> we'd be like come on dude yeah. like neither of us went to film school but uh <laughs> did you
0: notice the fucking cuts in this movie
1: <laughs> i mean it's such a good job of of like keeping you feeling like you're in the room for mm-hmm. sure
0: yeah, I guess that's what it is. It yeah. feels like you're right in the room. You feel yeah,
1: there's never any, like, above shots or, or, you know, where you're listening to what's happening from outside the room or anything. Mm-hmm. You're always where the action is occurring.
0: Yeah. And there's, yeah, there's no, like, fancy tricks to, like...
1: Yeah, there's nothing omniscient about the way you experience this movie. You're just experiencing it along with him, more or less. Yeah. And, yeah. The
0: only part that I, like, maybe it's because there aren't any other fancy things going on, but the, the fade in toward the opening of the car into the cassette player. I love that. The rolling
1: wheels into the cassette tapes. Yeah. It's good stuff. That's really good. You gotta look at that and go, Yeah (laughs) There it is.
0: (laughs) And the other like the big through line through this whole thing from the very beginning to the very end is all the intertextual play stuff, all the Mm Chekhov that we get Coming through now. Like I don't know anything much about Chekhov beyond as I understand it. He is a very cool gun, <laughs> but
1: how <laughs> cool is the? Yeah, it's... I don't know shit about fuck when it comes to <laughs> Russian playwrights. But uh, yeah,
0: yeah, but the shame on you. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the anger in your eyes. Shame on you. Uh, the like, wh- what would you call that? The 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 cherry picking of. The lines that are being practiced that reflect mm. Kafuku's reality. It's like so perfect to the point of like, did you write the play for this yeah. Hamaguchi? Like that <laughs> well, level. when of
1: it? yeah, when she says, oh, you know, this is in the prologue. Like, I wanna, I'll, I'll take off work early. I wanna come see your play. Yeah. Um, and then it cuts to him in it. I'm like, oh, did he write it or is it? <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's Chekhov. But I know I don't know what you would call that. I meant it just you know, dramatic irony of some type. I'm sure in the grand tradition, I'm using irony wrong, but. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's it's a it's such an obvious trick, but it is in this instance it is like uncanny how how well it matches for like a play that has already existed for two hundred years or whatever, yeah. and. It's it's repeated so much. It's not like a one off. Like wow, really makes you think. <laughs> they're literally like the the point of it is they're having to sit there and dig into these things, and it no longer becomes about the lines at all, or about the fact that that's happening. Like yeah, well, he's well to... aware that it's going to be painful and it's uncomfortably close to what he's experiencing, yeah. and like he just has to sit in and wallow in it. You know.
0: And he says to to, to Katsuke later on, like it's ter- checkoff is terrifying, and yeah. it's like react to the text have a relationship with the text he keeps talking about and like that's because what he has and what he's experiencing and feeling himself reflected in all this and, i mean a little bit of it feels in the end i mean the most insensitive way to put this possible is he's sitting in his pity party about it yeah. and he needs to like <laughs> move on and like that's obviously the point of where we're going with the film but it is a like it's so specific to his circumstance while still remaining relatable in an incredibly powerful... Like, it, yeah. it fucks me up thinking about it, where I'm like, I gotta check out this Chekhov guy.
1: I know, I'd be so <laughs> curious, like, if we have any actor or friends or listeners, like, what, have you done Chekhov? Is this is this a thing that you experience when, when you go through it? Because, hmm. damn. Be, I don't know. I, I certainly guess, damn. Damn, guys. There's no, for me, it's that there's no real recontextualization of what they're experiencing yeah. or you're experiencing. It's just happening. It's like, just
0: one-to-one, which I mean... It's not
1: like some, oh, wow, I didn't real- I didn't think of it that way. Like, we've had an hour of this already. We, we all know.
0: And to your point of saying it's not like they're not just doing it for a single scene and then you're like, wow, what a neat trick. The fact that you're steeped in it the whole time is you have enough time to be like, wow, what a neat trick, and eventually it just is part of your experience of yeah. the movie. Yeah. Again, if
1: it weren't three hours long, it would not land the same way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Very much agreed.
1: I just want to note that our cat is snoring so loud. Oh, you. Now she's not doing it. Okay, well. (laughs) Uh,
0: I was distracted by it, so I'm glad you mentioned it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like. So I want to talk a little bit. I got so many behind the scenes y type things. This was Mm. for both of us. Neither of us has seen uh, any other Hamaguchi movies. We both want to now. Yeah. But this was for me, diving into the behind the scenes stuff on this was a lot of, like, learning about how he makes movies. Oh, sure. Because. Yeah, well, let's let's dive into some parts of it. So, like, this is based off of this short story that a buddy brought to him in, like, 2013 or something like that, who was like, you'll love this story because you are crazy about car conversations. He's just a guy that's, like, (laughs) he, he is so into the idea of how specific and unlike anything else a conversation in a car is. Yeah. Where he, and I mean, he's right in all of this, he's talking about, it's just this weird intimate space that you're forced to share with somebody. You can't get away, yeah. And I mean, even if it's the person that you know the best in the world, you're, you will be much more, I don't know, you'll just be different. Because it's something about, you're in such close proximity, but you can't look at each other.
1: It's very, it's, I mean, I'm so sorry for the extreme, but it is kind of stage-y. Yeah you're, yeah, you're both sitting there like, I am the passenger and I'm the driver, and we have to have this conversation. And neither of us, like, we know when it's going to end because we know where our destination is. So you mm. can sense how long of the time is left. Yeah. I don't know, like, if you've ever performed, you're like, okay, now I'm at, like, 60% done, 80% done. Like You've got to you pace yourself that, properly. Yeah, you have that <laughs> sense of, like, do I run out the clock? What is the <laughs> move here? Like, you know. Yeah, it's a weirdly artificial yeah. space, but then there's if there's no one else in the car, especially, it's very, like, it's just, it's this or the radio. It's this
0: weird liminal space that yeah. you're forced to share with another person. Yeah, it your, just like,
1: becomes a little house <laughs> for that time that you're both occupying it. <laughs> Driveway <my> house.
0: Uh, <laughs> That's the sequel. <laughs> they have to move, move across country. <laughs>
1: Ready, <Radio-de-de-de-de-de. laughs>
0: Uh, but I like, I didn't think of that as it's, it's a performative kind of thing where you're both facing the same space where, like, you got the fourth wall as the windshield, and like... Oh my god, yes, yeah, you're gotta,
1: basically facing a camera for all intents and purposes. And you
0: can't break it, otherwise you die.
1: <laughs> On the highway, that is true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, he, he... So that's his bag.
0: That's very much his bag, and he gets brought the story, he's like, hey, it's all this stuff and I cool. like. Cool!
1: <laughs> for me? <laughs>
0: Obviously, there's all this stuff with that adaptation that you have to do to make it an interesting looking movie rather than a conversation between two people. Sure. But, like, the story is just two people in a car and talking to each other and getting to know each other. Um, and they're side by side all the time. So, obviously, he's starting out breaking them up and then slowly moving them closer together as they become closer. Yeah. Real, real basic-ass shit there. Uh, but, like, the thing that I find interesting is, like, Takatsuke's character doesn't really exist there's like a guy that oh in the novel yeah there's a guy who Er. i don't know if it's actually from drive my car or one of their short stories but where protagonist sits with other guy in a bar has a drink and they have like these mildly philosophical conversations about past love like that's okay the closest he gets like i find that super interesting that like that's almost a wholly original thing because it fits exactly perfectly into this whole thing it's such a, a
1: the way i experience it is it is such a crucial part of it where if taketsuke isn't there they don't he doesn't have to keep confronting yeah this stuff like it goes completely unremarked upon and like the you know link is that mm-hmm. taketsuke worked for like the media company that otto uh, his wife used yeah. to used to work for, and was like introduced to him by her, and and they met. And there's kind of a question mark of like, did they ever have an affair? I
0: think isn't that explicitly who we see her a fucking early on?
1: No, I don't think so. Oh, I
0: thought that was him. No. Oh, okay. No. Well. There you go. Who can say? But
1: we (laughs) never see his face is the thing. Like, you never know who the person is. So there's never anybody else to, like, Mm. focus his anger on except his wife. But he loves her, so he doesn't want to do that. Anyway, it's it's just this, like, Takatsuke is a very, like, it's a pain point for him that Mm. this boy is there fucking shit up and being, like, indelicate about things. And he's, like, like, a
0: little playboy kind of. Yeah, and he's, like,
1: disrupting, you know, the the decorum of rehearsals and stuff. And, like, yeah, so I, I think it, without that character... It, it would maybe feel contrived like you'd have to figure out another way for him to have to confront those feelings yeah. that he's having
0: and like an so, so much of the car shooting is like like you, how you would shoot in a car like over people's shoulders sure. looking at their faces and all that but the like the big um culminating Takatsuke bit Where he's talking about how he's empty and he's like confronting the text, and all he's realizing is that he has nothing inside of him. There's
1: nothing for it to draw out. He's just a shell. That's a fascinating. I hated that scene the first time I watched. I did. I was like, this is. Use what am I? What are we doing? Like it started out good, and then I was like, oh, "Get on with it." And this time, I was fancy. like, "This is extremely hypnotic to watch." Because
0: um, he talks for like a solid fifteen minutes. I know almost.
1: this is the thing is, I was like, "I'm tired of hearing from this guy. <laughs> 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 I hate him."
0: Drive um, my car off a cliff, please.
1: <laughs> drive my car right into this man's house. <laughs> it, it, but but this time around, it was really like it's such a, I don't know. It's just a, him admitting like. There's nothing in him, just a howling darkness, and like you find out later, like he cannot—he's just pure id. He can't control mm. himself or his behavior, and like, just what a what you could be if you never confront anything about yourself. Yeah. you know, thing, I, I found it very fascinating the second
0: time. Yeah, I loved it. I, I thought it was very interesting the first time, but I like—that's the thing. That's the big crux for me this time mm. around was was those scenes, and part of that was noticing how. Like I said, shooting the car, just really standard kind of shots, up until this scene. And we start... Right. It starts being almost face-on the characters, and eventually it is face-on for Takatsuke. But it's each time it cuts between them, between uh, Takatsuke and... Kafuku, it's getting a little bit closer each time. Oh. And it just, it, I, like, it's so skin-crawling watching him describe that he basically realized he's a psychopath. Yeah. Is, yeah.
1: It's bad. Like, you don't want to be locked in a car with this guy is the thing. And it's really, like, you don't hear shit from the driver. Like, <laughs> she doesn't make a sound and the driving is very good. So it's just this very, like, white noise. I will you admit, forget you're in
0: a car. As yes, Kafuku as he described,
1: things. yeah part of this for me is that i get carsick and i fall asleep in moving vehicles really <laughs> easily thank god so to get over the cars I but the first time i was like I'm sleepy <laughs> the, the noise of like a car traveling along a road just like mm,
0: oh yeah but yeah, I, I think that's part of i think there's something about getting so like all of your like to make it really melodramatic. sounding, all of your guards are down, so it's yeah. just this guy you staring directly this, at you. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like non-space. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's weird. Oh, that's so gross. I didn't
0: realize it was like slowly zooming. Like each, it's not slowly zooming. No, each no, no cut, but each. Yeah. It's a little bit more. It doesn't get like really intense, but I no. realized like as we we're getting into like, my memory of it is what the final Takatsuki speech is, which is like pretty much just like neck up, and it starts yeah. out where you can see his whole body. And it's just like slowly getting in closer and closer each time. It's just,
1: yeah. The
0: The movies. (laughs) (laughs) Movie magic works. But so you mentioned being in the present moment in this. So Hamaguchi loves his car conversations. He wanted to capture like the emotion of the story, like I said, more than anything. And these two things are kind of at odds a little bit. Capturing the emotion Mm. between a conversation about past things, you know? Sure
1: emotions that aren't happening now, they happened then and it's people describing them exactly, or like trying to, yeah.
0: Yeah, in so many words saying like, I'm sad, I miss my wife and you're like, okay, sad, whatever, let's go. <laughs> yeah, got um, it. <laughs> but Hamaguchi's big thing is that he wants everything to be present because mm. this is big, his, you know, thesis ethos stuff but he thinks that cinema lives and dies on how vividly present the motion, the, what you're experiencing is so like he's a guy that hates flashbacks, he's a guy that hates Hmm. really specifying time jumps and all that kind of thing, because he's like, oh, that just brings you more awareness of how artificial the thing is that you're watching. Okay. <laughs> um, so he wants you to feel like you are in the present moment throughout the entirety of the movie, which, yeah. big success, I would say here.
1: I say, yeah, totally. Like, it's, it's I don't know, if you've gone through a, a troubling time or some like a real big incident of some kind, like, mm. it, you do kind of, you know, there's before that and after that, and yeah. time, like... It feels different, the same unit of time will feel different before that versus after that. Like, a yeah. year can feel so slow or it can feel like it just flew by and, and that's 100% the feeling I get from this movie. Yeah. And I, I think, yeah, you're right, saying like, oh, it's been two years. Okay, I have to adjust my my feeling of, of what this movie is telling me accordingly. Yeah. It would and, kind of ruin it.
0: And then you're thinking about like, oh, I wonder what happened in those two. And I mean, there is a time jump specified in here, but like one time. It doesn't, yeah. To, yeah. But he want his goal with this was, he was trying to find a way to make you feel like you're watching a flash, like you're you're externally watching the actor go through a flashback rather right. than cutting to a flashback. I was
1: gonna say bold movie for him to do if he hates the idea of flashbacks. Yeah, because it is just like. Dwelling on the past, the movie. Yeah,
0: like, that first 40 minutes could be broken up into flashbacks. Yes. If it was a different movie. Yes. And, like, he literally wrote that as a prologue. That, to him, is the prologue to the movie. Maybe it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Which, like,
1: Deliberate decision.
0: Yes, exactly. So okay. it's It's there to ground you. So that when later on, you're seeing Kafaku his various sad faces, you can tell what flashback he's having. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Because you were there. You saw it happen.
0: And I mean, I'm kind of making fun of it as I'm saying it, but, like, I can tell when what he's, like, you can see the internal process happening to the characters.
1: Yeah, you can tell, and you can tell what phase they're in of successfully repressing it or not. Yeah. You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) And it's really interesting to have Kafka be this, like, you know the full context, and you're seeing it happen, and you're getting to know Watari, where yeah. you're only getting her words on stuff. So you've got these two comparison points, kind of. Yep. But, I don't know, you've got enough context of this idea of grief and thinking you basically killed your loved one that you can immediately empathize with Watari's stuff. It's, yeah. Yeah just so masterfully written. I think it's fantastic. Uh,
1: Yeah, 100%. I'm glad they do have just the one. Like, we only get the one to see the one character's previous events.
0: Yeah. The other thing that I just think is so neat in how this movie is structured this way is because... It doesn't, like, I'm i curious of your thoughts. To me, this movie does not feel like it has any structure whatsoever. But then when you sit back and think about it, it's like, oh, wow, no, there's a prologue, there's a first act, there's a I second mean, act, there's a yeah. third act. It's just so <laughs> organic.
1: It's very organic. Yeah. It's very in the moment. And I totally get how that could make it feel nebulous on first watch, yeah. where it's not this okay, I understand, like, what tentpole we're at (laughs) in the movie structure, because it's not formulaic in that way.
0: Yeah, but I feel like most of the really long time, most of the really long runtime movies that we watch, I'm used to it being, like, there's fucking, like, starter pistols going off at every new act to be like, here's a delineation point.
1: It's often, like, here is an establishing shot, or, like, that that kind of feeling of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and
0: I mean, like, Famously, big, long movies back in the day would have intermissions for, like, this this thing to tell the audience, you don't have to be that impatient. See, this part's finishing, and this new part's about to start. Right. And the fact that he just is like, nah, fuck that. Nope. (laughs) You're on your own. (laughs) So great. I love it. It's really good. So the last, like, element of all this I want to talk about is Hamaguchi's process in getting a movie made. Which is... I like watching all the interviews he's been going through. Like, there was so much press about this movie when it came out, and yeah. in the year afterward, like big awards, darling, everybody loves it. Oh, for sure. Um, so he's having to answer a lot of the same questions, and obviously you're going to answer them most of the same way. But a lot of the actors answering the same questions are all coming out with the same thing, which is okay. really interesting to hear. <laughs> so, like I mentioned, he was with Kiyoshi Kurosawa, big fan of him. That's where the I got a quote here for you. The camera is a machine that records reality, so that's going back to the thing before. Sure. So you're trying to leverage the power of reality, otherwise the camera is undermining your reality that you're creating. So, like, if you're doing fancy editing tricks or, like, shots from above or stuff, people will be like, wow, I'm watching a movie.
1: You're undermining the reality of your... I like that.
0: So he did a series of documentaries... Oh. ...that were just talking head interviews with people who had survived. Oh, I didn't write down the tsunami, but a tsunami atta- uh, attack, attack <laughs> tsunami disaster <laughs> in like 2011. Sure.
1: That, yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: And he talked to lots of them, not just being like, so what do you think of disasters? Just being like, talk about whatever you feel like you'd like to talk about and just capturing all that. And he did, it's a three part series, uh, voices on the waves I think it was called but he took a lot of that and brought it into this movie as like okay these are personal disasters these people are going through so let's let's kind of plop that in there so really trying to bring the realism out Mm. but the thing that I think is so interesting about how he puts together movies he is so stop me if you've heard this one to him acting isn't about putting on a mask it's about revealing your core self and getting to know your core inner self so that you can relate to the text and bring it out in the movie hmm. Uh, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, just a side note is that he's really fascinated by the fact that he especially after this movie a lot of English speakers being like oh I love this Japanese language performance in this thing and he's like how could you know that You, the grammar is different the sentence structure is different you can't you know what the acting coming through is somehow, yeah. despite the fact that you don't understand a single thing anybody's saying. Yeah, It's just, you know, neat stuff. So that's just, like, the background of this movie, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, acting is about getting to know your true self. And so what he does is a lot of table reads, where he sits every down. He's like, hey, read this as emotionally as possible together over time. Oh, boy. As much as re- is required. And all of the actors were saying that, like, oh, they, you know, you get cast. And I mean, the range of these actors is from like huge Japanese stars to relatively newbies. Yeah. And every single one of them was like, "Yeah, I came in prepared." And then we did table reads for like several days, and my preparation got one hundred percent washed out because I just had to rebuild from nothing because yeah. we were sitting doing these table reads. <laughs> that and
1: must be infuriating. This is this is what he this is what the director does like yeah. in the movie. Yeah. I. Th- thought that was like an established like he had cribbed that from an actual like state like this is a common stage prep thing or something probably like that is, but yeah
0: <laughs> but like yeah very much Hamaguchi. this uh, is you're watching the movie get made in those scenes pretty much so
1: you're having to emotionlessly read the lines where they sit around in a table read and emotionlessly read lines can you fail at that or can <laughs> you su- su- like if you succeed does that mean you're uh, not doing it right <laughs>
0: just a tiny singularity getting <laughs> bigger and bigger in the center of the st- each week
1: he's trying to create another tsunami that's
0: what it is so but they said that like what the actors are expressing what the directors are expressing in the movie is what actually happens okay you actually you like internalize the words so much that they're all saying like no nobody is acting on screen they are just reacting to what their scene partner is doing yeah even though they don't speak the language of their scene partner right and I believe it's accurate in saying that everybody's language in this movie is accurate to what they really speak.
1: I think that's the idea, yeah. yeah. Um,
0: (laughs) fuck. So, like, when he does casting, Hamaguchi casting this movie, he is casting people that he recognizes the character he wants in them, not doing a, like, ooh, I think they could play, like, a tough guy. Like, nothing like that. He's like, oh, you look and sound like the person because I need to know who you are as your core humanity. To be able to bring that out when we emotionlessly read for weeks at end. Oh my god. <laughs> I
1: could never, ever be an actor.
0: Yeah, so stressful. It sounds like a nightmare. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I know I the uh, actors playing Janus in this, Kafaku, Watari, pretty much everybody I heard speak about their experience on this movie said that, like, yeah, you get to a point where you're not acting as the character anymore, you are just yourself on screen, which is yeah. the thing you're told not to do mostly.
1: Right. So it is
0: this, like... <laughs> The end result of that, to me, though, is really interesting, because I said I didn't recognize Kaifuku yeah. from the other movies we've known, because he is just so wholly inhabited differently in this movie.
1: Yeah. Which, again, I guess acting? <laughs> but, like, if you see someone acting versus not acting, yeah. you're gonna perceive them differently.
0: But, yeah, that like, all those scenes are... Much of the blocking and stuff is improvised, much mm. of the... Like, pretty much all the gestural stuff is all improvised. Like, he's, Hamaguchi's directing is just, like, you know.
1: Go for it. (laughs) Get you
0: set, and then you're on your own. Yeah. And then it'll be a thing of, like, oh, I didn't, you know, move to your left this time. Like, just tiny little things. Sure. So it really is, like, the actors, they're all describing it as this crazy thing where the framework is so restrictive to start out because you're having to break yourself down, basically destroy all your preparation, start from scratch with all of your scene mates, and then build it all back up. That by the time you're on set, you're like, oh, I can do whatever I want? Yeah,
1: it's just part of me now. I mean, I guess that's the idea with the play, too, like, within the movie, right? Is that you no longer have the crutch of knowing the words people are saying (laughs) and waiting till the last word. You you have to just, you have to know by, like, their tone and their movements and...
0: So you're reacting to their nonverbal... Uh, yeah, you're reacting language, instead yeah.
1: of, I'm sure there's a, there's like a term for it in acting for sure, but like, we, you know, actually reacting, listening and reacting instead of just waiting for someone to be done talking.
0: Yeah, I think of it as like in music, there's always this active listening thing of like, yes. not just reading what's on the page, not just doing your performance, but actually interacting and yeah. really basic music stuff. but. Sure doesn't feel as basic to acting stuff if i could make so broad a term, uh, generalization
1: <laughs> and i will
0: and i will and i did that's yeah. really cool yeah so like the thing that all the actors talked the most about was that the actress who is doing korean sign language was the only person who spoke korean sign language oh. so everybody else is having to do what's happening in the uncle vanya play with her in every scene right because they can't just wait for like a hand to move a certain way because if you don't know sign language all the gestures look not not the same, obviously, but, no, like, but you don't know,
1: similar. Yeah. You don't have the benefit of tone to, like, determine when a sentence is going to end or... Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I, I just say. think that it's very neat that this God movie damn. is about the making of the movie, kind of.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy.
0: Yeah. Oh, boy. What a mindfuck. <laughs> <laughs> it is... Just so like I know that knowing this now again, there are so many layers to this movie, and I'm gonna have such a time going back and. uh...
1: Yeah, well, I will too now. Yeah. Again. (laughs) That's amazing. I but I love that about the, you know, play in the within the movie Hmm. conceit so much that he is like. They they touch on it very briefly. Like this is his thing. This is what he does: is do these multilingual sort of forcing people to engage with the text in a different way. Mm, yeah, um, that's that's his move. I I think that's so fascinating This it is this sort of you get to own your own thing, which is your own language. Yeah, and but you have to. You I think it probably makes it so that you like respect your scene partners more and like, are better at listening to them because you realize, oh, this thing that I'm doing internally, you know, with my my own, like, native language mm. is what they're doing too. And just because I don't understand the words, like, they don't understand my words. So yeah. th- that doesn't mean that they're not doing the same amount of work as me and, <laughs> like, relating to the text in the same way. Yeah. Like, that crutch is taken away from you. And I think that's such a, I don't know, the The implication that, like, you can understand someone better if you do not know what they're saying, as opposed to, you know, he and his wife have this, they're always talking to each other, and she's always telling him stories, but he's never, like, really kind of listening to her and engaging with her as a person.
0: Yeah, it's just kind of by rote a little bit, just like he's yeah. being a little a little human tape recorder. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah, she exactly. is being for him too actually, so there you go.
1: Yes. Yeah, he's constantly listening to her voice and it's in like they share a common language, but mm-hmm. they do not understand each other at all. Yeah. And just like Language is not—language can be a barrier, if anything, to understanding someone.
0: Yeah, the one thing that really, really, really—just to go back to, like, the very beginning of this movie, that really (laughs) struck me very hard this time around, knowing where we wound up, is that to this point of, like, they they have the same language, but they clearly aren't actually communicating. And I mean, loss of a child, classic stuff. Yes. Um, I don't know which way around it goes. When we know him after Oto has passed away, he is— He's still a very clear communicator, but in that prologue, he sounds so formal and uptight. Yes. Like, it sounds (laughs) like he's meeting an intern and he's trying to be polite to them all the time. I
1: know. And it it makes sense when you're like, be nice, like, put on a good face about this, where it just seems like, hello, and how was your day? That's wonderful. I'm going to the store. Would you like anything? Yeah. Thank you
0: for checking in the glove box for my things. Like, just very, like... Yeah, you're doing all the pleasantry stuff, but in no way are you actually talking to the person. Yeah, I just exactly. Found that really like really off-putting in the opening. It just, is
1: very it, striking considering, yeah. yeah.
0: Cuz yeah. like she is so I think like part of it is she seems very confident, so she's very like at ease talking to everybody. It seems like. Yeah. So yeah. then to see his reaction of just like, "Oh, thank you very much. Have a nice day. I'll be home from work soon." Like very <laughs> like it's, you can.
1: It's such a put on, and you can tell. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like it just makes my teeth grind. It's just such a like. <laughs> ah, God. Jesus this Christ. Is not sustainable. No. And quit enough. Yeah,
1: yeah. I I like that very much. In opposition to like you know the language doesn't have to be spoken. It's you know. Yeah. Um, oh, what is the driver's name? Watari. Watari's thing is you know she learned to drive because she had to drive her mother around and her mm. mother was abusive to her and. So driving became a like love language thing almost. Yeah. Where it's like this is how I take care of you. Like I'm driving you to work and you need to get your rest, so I'm making the driving as pleasant as possible and that's me expressing that I want you to like be rested and, mm-hmm. and have a good day at work or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, that the, they weirdly have this in common, like Yafka and Watari? Yeah,
0: kind of yeah, with kids' gloves holding this thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I just like that as a counterpoint of like, they speak this same language that is not a language, but they both understand what it means to express yourself in that way because they both love the car, you know?
0: <laughs> they do. I think
1: that's very charming.
0: The little car, little which car. in the original story is yellow.
1: <gasps> I like the red.
0: Yeah, no, it's I cute. think that that was a like, it'll look better on camera. Let's I'm sure. <laughs> oh, one thing I forgot to mention off the top oh. that I don't think we spend any time in any other cars other than the titular car of drive my car. Mm. Um so I yeah. didn't think about this the first time, but so there's a lot of like clearly he loves his car, that's just a thing yes. coming up. One of the things that paints it as this unique item that is totally lost on us is that it's an imported car. It is a, a sure. left-hand drive driven car where in Japan they're all right-hand driven cars because they're on the opposite side of the road.
1: Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't clock that either. There's Not like being a driver.
0: Two or three shots where you can see other into other cars and right. that made me go like, "Oh, whoa." whoa. Weird. But just this like <laughs> this nice implied thing of like this one's special. Right, this right.
1: Thing. This one you have to know like you have to handle it a yeah. certain way. Real ones know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> If you know, you know. That's really cute. I didn't I didn't realize that either. Yeah. Yeah. I, you can I, see them driving on the wrong, the wrong quote unquote, <laughs> side of the road. But I didn't clock the, yeah. the driver's side thing. That's so cute.
0: And just as I'm wrapping up my fun fact session, the only other thing that I think is really interesting is that this was a COVID movie shot during couple sure. times. So it was originally going to mostly take place in Korea. Uh, oh. And they couldn't do that for a lot of reasons. Sure. So they like last minute changed it to Hiroshima. Like they were they were shooting wow. the prologue portions and they were like I guess we should find another place. Oh, so geez. like when they wrapped up the Tokyo stuff they're like uh we scouted some stuff in Hiroshima. Let's go there. But it like it seems to fit so perfectly I, this I, grief stuff like Yeah,
1: it's crazy. Like you're you're having to live and work and exist and go on with your normal life after like a major just a series really of like major disasters and yeah. setbacks and and you just have to keep going it, you know it, i it seems so wild that they did not pick hiroshima on purpose <laughs> yeah
0: so like from the start all the hokkaido okay. stuff at the very end doesn't exist initially because you can't drive to hokkaido from korea <laughs> right <laughs> nope um so like yeah there's so much stuff that like obviously it's not good that their whole production was super fucked, but, well, no, but I think it made for a better... Like, who's to say? Who knows what this movie I mean. looks like if it's set in Korea. Yep. But then you have the, like, and now Watari is living in Korea. The there's, ending is, like, oh, yeah. wow, a new chapter There's
1: been thing. a, yeah, there's been a change, a growth.
0: And a cute thing there is that uh, at no point did a camera for Drive My Car Enter Korea. This is all 100% Japan. Oh, really? Just, like, haha, movie magic. <laughs> <laughs> the
1: movies, folks. Gotcha. I love that very much. <laughs> oh, that's so cool! Wow, yeah, it's it's very feels very steeped in that symbolism. Mm. Shocking to learn, yeah. not on purpose. Yeah.
0: Okay. I just imagined like
1: you lucked out, guys. Yeah, like Ue or Hamaguchi
0: <laughs> sitting on the set side of the set one day and be like, "Hey, you know what? Oh wait, this is actually really good."
1: <laughs> Thank God! Don't tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, so that's all I've I've brought today for our discussion of Drive My Car, nice. um, and I would love to either hear your final thoughts, or if you have anything that you'd want to, like, touch on before we start driving away from the topic.
1: Oh. <laughs> beep, beep. Hong Kong I, the, I, really, we've talked about most of it, but the one thing that I want to shout out in particular, I don't remember the, the name of the actor, but the woman who plays Yuna, because mm. she like literal angel anyway, yeah. she is so cool and there's just something so like pure and perfect about like in her audition scene like i get a little teared up yeah and you can see him getting teared up like as oh, the camera yeah. is on him you can see his eyes start to glisten and she's just like so not theatrical you can't raise your voice like she doesn't speak she has yeah. sign language that she uses, and, like, yeah, I just, uh, it's just so perfect. And I feel like all of the real, like, crux moments in the play where it's, like, more of a joy than it is a tragedy come from her. Mm. And I don't know well, the play yeah. very well, so I can't speak to why that is really, but... Like,
0: especially the last, the last bit, the last time we see yeah. Kafka, yeah.
1: Yes, because she, so the, this, this idea of, like, not having you know language not being something you speak and you have all these preconceptions about or you fall into habits with
0: oh yeah yeah your your tics aren't there yeah verbal tics and yeah
1: exactly and you you have none of that to rely on she's just like such an open and wonderful communicator and by the end that like last scene of the play she's standing behind him and doing sign language but like on you know on his face for tears Mm -hmm. and like on his heart for sorrows and and things like that. And it's just such a such a wild like you could not have done that with any other form of communication. Yeah. There's nowhere you could like project the communication onto and out of someone else in that same way. Mm-hmm. And I love that so much where it's it's like a just a perfect little encapsulation of of the whole why this play is, like, beautiful and, and I'm sure, you know, why he got into it in the first place like, that kind of thing. It's, yeah. like, just so good. I just wanted to show that bit out now that we've, uh, moved away from the language bit, but <laughs> it's, like, such a, such a great, and she's so funny, like, that. Yeah, and she's got that, it's like. It's Parky like, Rim, that's who it is. Um. Yeah,
0: she's got that very cute, like, bubbly energy. Yeah. yeah. She's,
1: like, very, you know, soft-spoken, but also, like, kind of cheeky, <laughs> um, just really good. yeah and i just i just love all the like different forms of communication in this where there's you know there's watari and the dog like she takes the dog i don't know why she has the i think it's the same dog
0: no i didn't think it was the least dog no okay because i don't think i don't think that it's a shiba right
1: no it looks like just a generalized dog yellow dog yellow kind yeah uh okay yeah no that's it doesn't make sense that it would be their dog so i that's why i wondered but yeah there's like you know her connecting with the dog and there's yeah. there's them both being like we're gonna smoke in the car but we're gonna like not stink up the car
0: still respected yes, yes. exactly
1: just these like all these methods of communication
0: that I yeah want. there's a lot of there's so much unspoken communication things and i mean yeah, yeah. that's kind of the whole point of the whole thing yes But I got the list of languages they talk in this movie. Oh,
1: yeah. laid on me. Uh,
0: So, surprising you, they got Japanese. Wow. (laughs) Uh, So, in Uncle Vanya, you got Japanese, Korean, Korean Sign Language, Mandarin, and Tagalog. Okay. Um, Obviously, English gets spoken a few times, too, in the preparation. But you've also got, uh, I think it's in Godot, Uh, it's Malay that um, is the non-Japanese language, I think. And uh, German is spoken somewhere in there, too. Oh, okay. Uh, So, that's your your list of languages.
1: Little langies.
0: your little gouages.
1: Quadge <laughs> corner. That's so cool. Yeah, and they do like they do give subtitles for it all, but it's it's
0: it's the cool thing. Like I, I wish know. that it would identify the languages as you go along because that oh that'd be neat. That yeah. would be neat, but I mean that's just a lot of extra reading. But in the at least the subtitle version we've seen, it's always brackets around something that's if not Japanese, not
1: speaking Japanese. Yeah, so it's
0: just kind of like English, Japanese, and the rest. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I wonder what it would be like as a native Japanese speaker to to go through, but yeah. it's very cool. <laughs> like it a lot. One bit I like uh, as well, just in the communication part, the, mm-hmm. again, the car wheels fading into the tape recorder is very cool. It's a very, <laughs> like, this is how we keep the memory alive, is, like, keep driving and keep rolling forward. And similar to that, there's a bit where they this as it turns out is the day that the they'll last be together she they're they're sitting at home and he's working like not really working on something he's just like he's just distracted fish he's just looking videos. at fish videos on youtube and <laughs> fish
0: video bf <laughs> classical and, music gf yeah exactly
1: <laughs> and she goes over like the the recorder recorder record the, player record player starts skipping and it goes through the same loop a few times and then she finally gets up and like interrupts it Mm. and that's the scene where she's like when you get back tonight we should talk and I think she's like we are breaking this cycle I am sick of like what we have right now and it just keeps repeating and nothing is getting better and moving forward and yeah just that that idea of like yeah, interrupting the cycle hurts a lot, but you have to do it if you want to move forward. Yeah. I think is a a good vision of t- what's to come for the movie. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's... I had not thought of that, but that is exactly perfect. Yes.
1: Thank you. Thank
0: you for bringing it to my attention here.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Ryusuke Hamaguchi. <laughs> yeah, great movie. I cried a lot. Um, mm. Yeah, but there's also, like, there's little funny bits and there's... Really, like, astonishing bits. I don't know. There's dark shit in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a, a, an awards darling for a reason, for sure.
0: Absolutely, yeah.
1: Yeah, those are my final thoughts.
0: Well, wonderful. I You kind of touched a little bit on... Obviously, I'm fascinated by this, like, externalization of Hamaguchi's process. Mm. Just being forced into this movie is very cool. <laughs> um, the thing that I loved about it, you mentioned the wheels going into the cassette player. I don't know why, in my brain, I was like, it's a road movie. It's not a road movie. Not
1: exactly, no, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Because it's just, it's a commute movie, I guess. But uh, breaking the cycle is really important, because it's, to me, it's a road movie drama that doesn't go anywhere. And, like, that's kind of of the point, I think, where, like, you're stuck in this rut, you're stuck in this cycle, this thing that you just keep going through endlessly. And then you need something to break the loop. And when... You get to the point where they're breaking the loop. That's when it kind of actually becomes a road movie drama of driving
1: a whole day to
0: to get to a broken house.
1: A terrible, terrible town, yeah.
0: And the thing that I I find really interesting about, again, Hamaguchi's process and all this, he talks about how he doesn't think about theme or anything like that when he's putting a movie together. He waits until a movie comes out, and then he reads a lot of reviews, and he's like, oh, that's what my movie was about. I (laughs) see. Um...
1: It's the purest way to function. Yeah, perfect. but
0: it does mean that, like, any interpretation is valid. He's not go like, he's about his characters. That's what he's going sure. in there for. So, like, in my mind, therefore, I can decide. <laughs> it's this road movie, road movie drama that's just stuck in a rut that it can't get out of. Mm, and right. that's, you know, obviously what's going, what's happening with all of our main characters and... Uh, like, with the exception of Yuna, who's just the perfect angel, who is just yes. there to, like, guide everybody through. <laughs> yeah.
1: And her wonderful, doofy husband. Yep. She's serving potatoes. That Like, she invites them over to have dinner. And, and she's serving potatoes, and she kind of does a motion and motions to his face. And he goes, Sigh. she says the potatoes look like me. <laughs> and it's the first time that he laughs, that Kevin yeah. laughs. And I, I love that a lot. Yeah,
0: that whole scene is just so uh, so heartwarming. So pure. All of her, like... You don't need to be nicer to me. I know how to talk. I can hear you. Like yeah. people are always nicer to hear. me. You yeah. don't need to do that. It's... Why
1: would you ask me something you don't ask the others? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So great. Yeah, she is. She is the best. We love her. I do think that's who I see the most reactions to people. Like obviously, there's the leads, and that's sure. yes, very good. You're. In...
1: Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Leads of the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Give us the person who's only in for like 15 minutes, but it seems like that's who people have emotionally gravitated the most toward which is very sweet and nice
1: she's very arresting on screen like she's just quite a performer yeah yeah
0: sweet well I want you now I'm giving you an order
1: (laughs) (laughs) wow the tone of this podcast has shifted is this because I don't drive you think you're better than me (laughs) you have to work on
0: my timetable because I'm the driver uh I would love for you to take this wonderful movie and double bill it away (laughs)
1: Wow, I would like that too, so I'll do it because I want to. <laughs> I love this movie as a, you know, you have to feel things. You don't have to, but it's... It... You're ordering people to feel things. Yeah, them. now yeah. it's my turn to be bossy. <laughs> I love the movie for being like, it. the point of it is to stare straight at uncomfortable and sad and hurtful emotions and realize that, like, yes, that's part of being alive mm. it sounds trite, but I, I from what I see on screen, I feel like that's mostly Uncle Vanya. That's what most of it is, and yeah. all Russian literature from that time is just, like, suffering is life.
0: <laughs> but I, I do just the general thing of this whole movie is that, like, if you condense it down, it sounds so trite. But, like, I know, yeah. yeah,
1: but it is just kind of a universal truth in that way, Yeah. where you're like, yeah, because it applies to everybody. Yeah, it's basic, I guess, if you want to be, like, universally true, <laughs> is the <laughs> same, yeah, yeah. So, I like that it's just, you know, it's, it's, there's never, like, a, we've ascended beyond the need to feel sadness or anything like yeah. that. Like, you're just always gonna feel sad, and I feel like there's, you know, people who have gone through personal tragedies do have that feeling of like you're never not going to be sad you're just going to be different amounts of sad or different Mm. flavors or like sometimes the sadness will be oh i really wish i could talk to that person who passed away or i really wish i had this situation back or you know or it can be uh, grateful for moving them into a next phase or you know what i mean like there's it's you just Like I said, you just get distance from the sad; It doesn't go away.
0: Well, yeah, and, like, there's a perfect image in the movie to me of when they're in Hokkaido and they're looking at Watari's broken-down house. When they get there initially to almost the end of the scene, all you're seeing is, like, snow and destroyed houses and such. And then the closing shot of that scene when they're like, we have to choose to live and stay alive and, you know, all this stuff. They turn around and the final shot is seeing the desolate house that's destroyed, them standing with it, but looking at, like, the most picturesque town in the world.
1: Yeah, like, this <laughs> this subdivision that just people are going about their lives, yeah. like, you know, a hundred meters from this house that collapsed and trapped her mother and killed her. Like, just a lot of... yeah, it's a lot, yeah. In any one section of the world, there's going to be, like, personal tragedies and triumphs, and, you know... Yeah. Yeah, and just how, how we choose to, like capture those things and wrestle with them and like process them and theater being a great outlet for that, for <laughs> instance or yeah. just like the imagination of like I can imagine not feeling completely destroyed by this so that means I still have it in me like that that kind mm. of mood yeah. um yeah. so I like that about this movie <laughs> and as a result, I'm gonna pair it with something that to me kind of captures that th- same a thesis hmm. uh but <laughs> I'm sure most people will agree with me about that. I'm going to pair this with uh, 2009's Up from Pixar, Aww. directed by Pete Doctor, uh, where I'm sure this is not oh, a surprise cute. to anyone. That's like, oh, the emotionally traumatizing Up uh, Pixar movie.
0: The emotionally uh-huh. traumatizing uh, prologue. <laughs>
1: yes, exactly. So there's it's this weird, like, it's you know, they're both about losing a losing a spouse and a child and having to sort of, okay, how do you? Read build relationships and like how do you process what happened when you want to hang on to the memory but the memory isn't perfect even like you have you're struggling even with the memory and uh how do you sort of move move apart from that while like still recognizing that it's part of you you know and yeah you could choose to it is almost a flashback but it's not you do walk through this sort of their life experience together Mm -hmm. um carl i think it is and and ellie right and all the shit that they go through and and then the start of the movie is carl alone in his house and (laughs) living with these memories right and (laughs) god i remember watching up with my family and us just being like How much more of this is there in the prologue where it's just like, is this going to keep being like this? I can't (laughs) take it.
0: Devastation after devastation.
1: Yeah. Body blows. (laughs) and But then the rest of the movie is a much cuter and more, you know, positive or kind of candy-coated look at the same process, which is like, how do I let go of a safe, you know, it's harbor for myself and, yeah. and the car in drive my car is the house and up. where Fly my like, house. Yeah <laughs> and this is gonna be you know this is literally the spot where you keep those memories alive and you mm-hmm. know he has her tape and Carl has Ellie's scrapbook and but those things aren't the person themselves and it's okay yeah. that you can never fully have that back or never fully know them or whatever it is and you know just just how you kind of rebuild relationships after that and like deal with your grief in a way that doesn't disrespect it
0: and yeah you know? and a thing that I love about both of these movies is that they they treat the grief like grief and not like trauma, which is something yeah, that can oh gosh, happen yeah. a lot. Yes. and I just putting these together hearing you say that about it, it's such a different feeling that I think they get confused for each other sometimes. Well, it's
1: hard to... Drive my car is such an accomplishment because it manages to show grief, but not just as an underlying component of every single day of your life for the rest of your life. Yeah. Instead of, like, a thing that happened and so I can box it and put it away and and deal with it, you know, go to therapy or, like, you know, achieve a level (laughs) of not needing to care about it. You're never not going to care about your grief. And... That's fine. Yeah. And the point is just to keep going anyway. Again, yeah. it sounds so trite, but it is just like <laughs> the point of being alive, you yep. know? So congratulations, Up! We found a more depressing movie <laughs> than you that's still charming everybody... and very uplifting. Oh, Literally. Uplifting.
0: <laughs> um, I'm just, everybody listening to this just thinking where they were in 2009, crying over the first 15 minutes of Up! Yes, just... I'm
1: so sorry. Yeah. So that's, and I'm going to, I, you said the name of my thing. I'm, I just want you to know that you're a wizard and you said the name of my double bill, which is going to be drive my house.
0: <laughs> I said fly my house. So. You said both. Oh, I did. Okay. Yeah. Well, aren't I great?
1: You're so wonderful. <laughs> Over to you now that you're sad. Thanks. <laughs> For everything.
0: uh Yeah. So drive my car is very heavy and like you, I've kind of chosen to look at the lighter side mm-hmm. a little bit so like there's a lot of emotion and drive my car but it's not just like those big emotive scenes it's that like you say the grief is present throughout yeah you've got like there's some loneliness mixed in there unable to properly channel and communicate your feelings with other people and just feeling kind of detached from society in a way where you just like you you can tell and maybe it's me projecting too much but like looking at Kafuku, how he is he never interacts with anybody unless it's about the work. Yes. So right. Like, yeah. Um, unless it's the one thing you're not you're not communicating with others. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I like it's literally a movie about spinning wheels where you can't get out of your trap, your your reality trap of, of what you're experiencing. Sure. So I'm gonna pair with this with a movie that fits that that map exactly. And you all know what I'm talking about. Erin knows what I'm talking about.
1: For sure, Yeah, but...
0: I'm talking about Planes, Trains, and Automobiles oh from my 1987. <laughs> from uh-huh. Mr. John Hughes. <laughs> oh, and man. I feel okay. very stupid. <laughs> it feels slightly disrespectful to drive my car, in a way.
1: Not no, really, No, but okay, walk us through it.
0: So, like, you, you, uh, I don't actually know. Have you seen... I have. Yeah, okay. The big spoiler is coming down, but I mean, it was American Thanksgiving season recently. Most people would have watched this one again. (laughs) Um, The big, like, gut punch toward the end of realizing that, like, John Candy is living with the grief of his dead wife and nobody knows about it. This is just, you're getting... (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Steve Martin is the grumpy person who's driving the plot forward. He's the, he's the Watari here. And I mean, it's a very different relationship.
1: Sure. <laughs> Outwardly hostile, but.
0: <laughs> but it, it, at the core, they're both like road movies about the frustration of not moving on. Like. Yeah. <laughs> oh
1: my God. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I think, yeah, if you've seen Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, I feel like it's not disrespectful to compare them.
0: Yeah, like it feels like a big doofy comedy, but like there is a couple gut punches of emotion in that movie. Yeah. That, like, surprisingly powerful. And part of it is it's John Candy, and how I can mean, you not love him? We love him. You talked Total- about Candy Coated a second ago. And I just had that in my brain.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a coating of John Candy. He's so great. National yeah, treasure.
0: National treasure. But yeah, road movie that you can't go anywhere. Uh, you're not able to properly communicate your grief and be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the defining aspect of the movie is it's difficult to make progress. Like,
1: <laughs> yes, if you just, if you rep, if take their laborious journey <laughs> as a, like, map that onto... Kefku getting over his
0: wife. Yeah.
1: 100%. And I yes. mean
0: replace the actual travel with putting a theater production together. Yes. And it, it fits a little bit better. But, right? And they're
1: both him. Like Steve Martin and John Candy are both sides of him. Yeah. They're fighting each other for the ability to like make it home and, and move on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no I love it. It's not stupid. Cease feeling stupid. <laughs> nice. What are you gonna call it? I'm gonna
0: call it planes trains and automobiles and cars. <laughs>
1: Okay, lazy. That's a <laughs> Very me lazy. title. That
0: was, I didn't think about it until just this <laughs> second.
1: Okay, and then I respect it.
0: Drive my candy
1: car. <laughs> drive my automobile.
0: <laughs> yes, drive my plane, train, and automobile.
1: Please. <laughs> <laughs> Chekhov's car. How about that? How about that? <laughs>
0: uh, yeah, I like that, Chekhov's car. Let's Roll do on. that. <laughs>
1: feels also lazy. It's
0: fine. Uh, I'm, I'm the one that makes the lazy Chekhov jokes around here. <laughs> you
1: know yeah, well, we're moving on from that, apparently. In the spirit of growing out of past trauma.
0: And you it to come back in the third act.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Everything's meta! <laughs> <laughs> Which
0: is a great time to go out in the world and wrap up this here episode. Uh, you can uh, please tell others about the show. Have them come on out and hear us talk about Drive my car and <laughs> shitty
1: ca- puns. Catch up
0: on our, our silly November month that we just closed up. Yes. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at GartBitchPod. You can find me at DickRNAVIS. Aaron, where can people find you? Uh,
1: if they'd like to, I'm also on Twitter. At Maclebase.
0: I reflexively plugged Twitter, and I still feel really weird about it now. I know.
1: I'm like, for how long? I'm also on, if you're on the various other platforms that are, you know, currently in the ring for top contender of replacement for Twitter, just search my username. I'll probably be on one of them.
0: I haven't broken out yet, but I knew what you were saying. It's fine. Okay,
1: great, because I really struggled through that. Jesus. (laughs)
0: Jesus. <laughs> uh, well, if I can give a recommendation, drive your car to your local video store to pick up a copy of Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. <laughs> and please join us next time for another pile of garbage.